1: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
2: Hey, everybody out there, it's Brian House here for Housework. You are listening to the Work For It podcast right here on the Makery Network. I am joined, as always, in the studio by my main man, Mr. Trent Hill. Howdy, folks. And my beautiful wife. Hello. Sarah. And we are, uh, this podcast is actually a culmination of multiple things based around the work that we do, the projects that we have. And uh, and uh, and we are part of the Makery Network. And if you're not familiar with the Makery, uh, you can go out to their website, makery.network, and you can check out all kinds of other great audio content, uh, like shows like The Art of Craftsmanship, Ken C. Aaron and the Young Makers Podcast, Jeremy over at Simple Little Life, and uh, so many more handmade podcasts. There's a knife talk and and all of that. So go out there, check out another show right after you're done listening to this one, because it will fill your workshop with Awesome audio and that will keep you busy, uh, keep you entertained while you're busy in your workshops and your studios or on your long commutes. Anyhow, today it's Thursday. Late in the week, typically, you know, we're, we're recording earlier in the week. But this week we're recording on Thursday night. It's raining here in Florida. It is kind of a nice little drizzle coming down outside and some thunder booms happening off in the distance. I have a uh, a Henry's Zero Sugar Hard Sparkling Water, which is uh, like a alcoholic, blueberry lemon alcoholic drink. I am drinking that with my pinky up, and Sarah's got a glass of wine, and I assume, Trent, you have a cocktail?
3: Oh, yes. I. Uh, this is one of my favorite go-tos. I call it the Cowboy Libre, so it's like a Cuba Libre, but I add a little uh, grenadine to it because life's a little bit sweeter in Wyoming.
4: <laughs> oh, sounds delicious.
2: A cowboy Libre, which translate to the free cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, would you care to expand on exactly what's in it? Cause uh, I, I'm not exactly sure. Oh, well, a is.
3: Cuba Libre is literally rum and Coke.
2: So ah, I oh.
3: like, I like, uh, Captain Morgan dark rum. Yes. And, uh, I've experimented with different cokes like that uh v- that orange vanilla coke is pretty good but after I've had it for a while it kind of I don't know it doesn't taste right anymore so I have to leave it alone. But so this is just it's actually key lime juice in a bottle. Um
2: is that roses? Yeah, key lime. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm.
3: And dark rum and some coke and I add a splash of grenadine because it just kind of marries well between the coke and the Lime juice.
2: Yeah, it's almost like a cherry Coke with rum in it. It's like a
4: cherry limeade rum and Coke.
2: Yeah. That sounds fantastic. It's pretty nice. Let's go make
4: those.
3: Yeah, right? And occasionally, because we actually have a mint plant that grows in the the flower bed, so occasionally I'll go out and steal a sprig and throw it in just for the smell factor. Aren't you just so fancy? Right. You're very fancy. I like it. Well, and I'm I'm rocking it in my... uh, it's my copper mug that I typically use for uh, most oh, of my drinks. Oh, for a Moscow but, Mule. Yeah, but it's usually that's what it's usually for is the Moscow Mule. But I like most of my cocktails in it, and uh, so you know it doesn't
2: give you like an off taste. Like no. the copper itself doesn't like sometimes not, not metallic. Not that I've cups. not
3: that I've noticed. I mean it. It also you know anytime you add citric acid to copper, there's a chance that you can. But like what I typically do is I put the alcohol in first. So that when I add the the lime juice, uh it sublimates in the alcohol because alcohol is a solution. And then that way it's less acidic on the uh direct contact with the copper.
2: Interesting. Interesting. We we were actually just right before the podcast when we hit the record button, we have a little powwow before the the podcast starts so that we can kind of uh Work out our theme and some of the direction that we're going to go in when we talk on the on these microphones out to the internet and all that. And uh, Sarah has, if you're not familiar with uh, Instagram or our Instagram that we have going on, we actually opened a new Instagram account for the podcast. If you can imagine, we finally figured it out. Uh, so you go if you type in "work for it" all one word, workforit.podcast, dot podcast. You can go out and find our podcast, and we will post podcast related photos, goofy stuff, whatever else is going on there. And Sarah, unbeknownst to me, had taken a photo of my candy drawer and then posted <laughs> it up there. So now I'm outed like for Your real. Holy is out.
3: mother of God. By the way, uh, Sarah, even if you have to do a recreation, I think everybody wants to see the glorious purse cheese.
4: Oh, okay. I'll that, take a picture of that. Yeah,
3: that definitely needs to be up on the podcast. Okay. Instagram. We'll yeah.
4: do a, a little throwback.
2: I, I could just throw some cheese in your purse just to <laughs> see if you find it.
4: What What annoys me is that I was persecuted for keeping and using that cheese by Brian. And then he friggin ate some of it. While I was making an omelet, and there was a very limited amount of slices of cheese left. You
3: selfish hypocrite.
4: I know, (laughs) I know. And he's like, to, and I'm like, you know, like, it's 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 been through a lot. So trying to peel one piece off is now really tough. It's been through a lot. I <laughs> like
2: how you put that. This cheese at has this been point, through a lot. At this point, this cheese has like been it went, through it. went to war. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's like, come like back now. Like a street now. urchin. Like a street urchin. Yeah. It's been through that it, a lot. It, it, like, came back
4: with PTSD. It's been <laughs> to, uh, in therapy for the last couple of months. You can imagine
2: months. this piece of cheese is, like, looking at you with a thousand-yard stare. <laughs> (laughs) And he's like, you have no idea, man.
4: You have no idea. You don't know what I've seen. seen." I hate the 4th of July. Fucking inconsiderate (laughs) neighbors. (laughs) It's seen the inside of my purse, which is probably really scary. I have a really weird combination of stuff in there.
1: Yeah, I
3: I hope that that's not some kind of weird double entendre.
4: (laughs) No, no, no. I promise you. Um, Oh, that's so weird. It caught me off guard. Sorry. It's sorry, sorry. okay. So Brian, Brian took a bunch of the cheese while I was cooking with it, and I was so mad. And I'm like, "Do you think you're taking enough of that? You know?" And he's like, "There's enough." And then the next time I went to make an omelet, there were like two shreds of it left, and I was so mad. <laughs> but I didn't bring it up until now.
2: We can buy more cheese, you know.
4: Yeah, I'm we not can going to put it in your Publix. purse, and
2: we can do the whole no. recreation, <laughs> and it'll taste the same. Tastes
3: like the bottom of your purse. Ugh.
2: The bottom of my purse is
4: awesome.
3: Which still has to to taste better than the garage smells when you're cooking those chicken wings.
4: Uh, Uh, Let me tell you something. He made ribs the other day and the house reeked.
2: I don't know what it is about boiled meat, but um, it just does. It smells like a fart, kind of, but it's like a delicious fart. I don't really know exactly how to put (laughs) it, but
3: I've smelled plenty of farts. I've never thought one was delicious, but you know, if
2: you if you would smell this, these boiling ribs, see how I make my ribs. Let me just—I'll give you a rundown. About twice a year, because this is all my digestive system can handle. I make. (laughs) The best <laughs> ribs on the planet, and, and and I'm not kidding you. I've fed these ribs to so many people, and they're like, dude, this is the best rib. Like people, like culinary, Michelin five star, ten star Michelin people have said these I'm are the sure best. Three ribs. stars is
3: the max you can get. But Eighteen go
2: on. Michelin Brian, stars Brian. combined, they have said. So
4: right, they're best the, ribs. The ribs are good, right? And yeah, like, you, like four people have said, like, "Hey, these ribs are really good."
2: Your father, who has eaten food all over the planet, said that they were the best ribs he's ever had.
3: Right. Yes, but has he ever read? Ed, has he ever ate ribs in Papua New Guinea? I don't.
2: I don't think know. So. I don't think so. I don't think he's ever been to New Guinea. But well, well, there's
3: a, if you there... if you ever go, don't eat the ribs because they have, <laughs> they, have they a made history a of cannibalism.
2: Ah, yes. Uh, I'd try that.
4: You would uh, eat a person, Reb?
2: Yeah, I'd try it.
4: I don't know if I would try it or not. Yeah, tell you that I mean, story
2: I, while, that I was, in, uh, I was in Belize like 20 years ago?
4: Is this true? Is
2: this very true? a look
4: on your face like no, this is fabrication. Uh, <laughs> 100% true. <laughs> okay.
2: <clears throat> All right, so I'm in Belize. This is like 20 years ago. I am on an excursion through the jungle. Think of like romancing the stone all right like that kind of thing i'm yeah. not looking for anything such really.
4: a great movie
2: yeah it's a great film i'm more like danny devito uh now <laughs> but
1: uh
2: i'm a little taller but uh so i'm in the jungle i had just gotten done with like a white water sort of like a cave spelunking thing where you know you do a whole thing it's like an excursion and uh i smell this cooking like i i'm i'm you know, just drying off for my adventure. I'm like doing my thing. We're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I smell this delicious smell. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? You know, so I'm like looking around and I see like a bunch of guys about, you know, 50 yards out into the jungle and they've got a barbecue. They've got a grill. So I walk over not realizing that this is a militia group and they are all dressed in fatigues. They have M16s. They're basically sitting at picnic tables. Okay. And there's a guy at the grill and he's, you know, flipping some meat and doing his thing. And I walk, I basically walk in and you can hear like the record scratch. Mm-hmm. It's like, like white guy walks into <laughs> a legit, like, and I don't know if they were like uh, actual Belizean military or. But they, they were
4: on break. Yeah, they, so could, have been, they, could, have, they could have
3: been like a uh, uh, Belize version of FARC. Yeah, I'm kind
2: of thinking it was like cartel or something i don't know it was very odd that they were oh, there Oh,
3: white boy god you are you are the luckiest son of a bitch i've ever met in my life it,
2: it was it was this way the story i'd be buried gets better. up to
3: my neck and fucking ants munching on my face if i did that shit
2: so it, the story gets better. You're right. There's ants everywhere. You got to be really careful out there. So I walk in because now there I'm detected. Like I've walked into this thing and I'm like, okay, no, no, no. I you, have to You pretend. fucking
3: strolled in, buddy.
2: You didn't yeah, walk. I, you- I had to make it look like I knew what I was doing. I feel
4: like you just kind of derped right into their lunch hour. <laughs> And I think you were just—you just looked like you didn't mean to be there, and that's probably why you're here. Yeah,
2: and so all heads—if you can imagine—there was probably like eighteen or twenty guys. All heads turn and look at me, On and I'm standing a swivel. there. Yeah, I'm standing there in a swimsuit <laughs> and like flip flops. Uh, was little it your sunburned. little booty
4: swimsuit? No, thank oh, God. Okay. I
2: was in a normal like Ocean Pacific type deal, and uh, and I'm like, oh, hey. Whoa. I I just and I was like, I smelled some good stuff. And, you know, luckily, the guy behind the grill spoke English and he was like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, come over, come over. So I'm like, okay So I I walk over to the grill. He's got like a bunch of meat on the grill and it it smells delicious and everything. He's like, you ever had this before? You ever had this before? And I was like, had what before? He's like armadillo. And I said, no. And he says, come on, come on here. Have a piece. He, he rips off uh, like the meat was like cooking and he had like kind of a pile on a plate. Yeah. He rips a piece off and hands it to me. And like now remember that scene in the burbs? Yep. When they yep. that guy hands Tom Hanks the cracker with the sardine on it. Yep. And <laughs> I now know that I have a piece of armadillo in my hand, which, by the way, <laughs> the armadillo is the only animal that can carry leprosy. Yep. And uh, I now have this in my hand, and I'm thinking, or I don't is, know enough about leprosy to know if I'm going to get this from eating this, but I assume. Or as my friend
3: with. Z Frank says, the armadillo, <laughs>
2: the armadillo. So I, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm amongst. You know, these guys, I don't know what's going on. So I just, I decided to pop it in my mouth and eat it. It was delicious. It actually tastes a lot like pork. And uh, and then- um, How
4: did he season it? Was it like a barbecue situation? No,
2: it was salt and pepper. It huh. was just it. There was nothing else on it.
4: So he just really let the flavor of the meat sing.
2: It you. If I told <laughs> you it was pork, you wouldn't know any different.
4: That's crazy. Yeah,
2: it was delicious. What was the
4: texture like? Was it like, like
2: pork? pork? Yeah, like stiff, almost like uh, like shark. Like if you've ever eaten shark, it's like stiffer.
4: Shark's not like pork.
2: I yeah. I disagree. I think shark and pork are very close.
4: I think we need to reevaluate a lot of things. <laughs> I would
2: later eat armadil- or, or, uh, iguana on that same trip. Oh, iguana's good. Iguana is very good. I I'm not that. saying
3: I wouldn't eat some armadillo, but But, uh, yeah, I'd probably want to make sure it's cooked thoroughly because, uh, you know. I did not get sick.
2: It I would fine. have
4: tried it no matter what he handed me. I'm like, I'm in a, I'm in a bit of a pickle here. I think I'm just going to go with it.
2: I had those guys. I was telling stories. I was, we were laughing. So did they all
4: speak English or most of them? Most
2: of the people in Belize speak English, believe it or not. They, they actually speak like a mixture of Spanish and English, and like it's like Islander. I don't know how to put it. I, I I spent some time down there. I went to Roatan, which is an island off the coast of Honduras.
4: They did a and, Survivor there. And Roatan, yeah.
2: Oh no, kidding. Yeah, that's a beautiful island. It's a fantastic place. Probably one of my most favorite places in the whole world that I've ever been. But uh, but yeah, good times. Armadillo on the grill in Belize. You're saying Armadillo
4: on the grill. You're
3: saying um, it wrong. Repeat after me. <laughs> Armadi-
4: Armadillo. It's Armadillo.
3: Arm- Armadillo. So I have a
4: joke about an
3: armadillo.
2: Why did the chicken or I'm sorry. Why did the armadillo cross the road? Oh, I'm sorry. I said it backwards. Hold on. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. To prove to the armadillo it can be done. (laughs) because I don't know about, you don't have armadillo, I don't think, in No, but they
3: they end up as roadkill all the time.
2: They are the most moronic animal.
1: It's so sad. It
2: is. They're so cute. We have them all over down here, and the the dog chases them. They're running around. They dig under houses. And they
4: walk right up to the dog.
2: They're pretty cute. They're
4: fearless. They're so cute.
2: I've been thinking about harvesting some. Stop it. And uh, throwing them on the grill. No. They're delicious. Throw another dildo on the barbie.
4: <laughs> Stick with your candy.
2: <laughs> I, I gave up the candy.
4: I know. I don't know who's going to eat all that candy. I'm going
3: to give it to the kids. <laughs> well, you know, Halloween is right around the corner.
4: That's true. Oh, you know what you need to make? It's like a potato
3: gun, but it's for launching candy like they do at the stadiums.
4: Like a t-shirt candy,
3: Yeah, COVID. and just fucking, just fucking skeet shoot the whole neighborhood. They'll be picking maybe like Snickers little, minis out of the fucking gutters and
2: maybe make like little bags where it fires them off and, and the kids don't actually get close to the house. We just like slingshot them over to the children. Oh
4: slingshot
2: could be fun. Uh, Snickers, slingshot. Wait,
4: that's that far enough. Don't come
3: on the property. Social distancing. <laughs> and then just hammer the little shitheads. Maybe
4: just stay cough back. On them stay first. in range. <laughs>
2: yeah halloween's gonna be weird this year it is very weird but everyone will be wearing masks technically (laughs) yeah Yeah. maybe maybe so (laughs) transitioning away from the armadillo story uh i am working on a couple of projects right now i've got going on in my workshop I'm uh, I'm happy to announce that we've released Generation 3 of the Revolution 2x72 Belt Grinder Kit, which Generation 3 now includes a modified D-plate, which allows for the platen bracket to be mounted. The platen bracket is included. Uh, it is laser cut. They are beautiful parts. I just got them in from Dallas the other day and um amazing amazing i i can't even like after using plasma for so long like my little plasma table and looking at the precision cut that these laser cutters can do it is night and day i mean it's unbelievable there's no curve i mean it's just there's no arcing the cuts it looks like somebody took a table saw and cut them i mean they're mm-hmm. just so straight beautiful and uh so i got the parts in i'm shooting a video i'm attempting to shoot a video about that um uh, release and um
3: can you, yeah, do it? can you do it like a rap video with the puffy coat and the like halo lights and
2: <laughs> as entertaining as that sounds I think it sounds like a lot of work to do by yourself <laughs> I would need somebody to come help me with that but yeah I mean well I you're thought- gonna
3: have Dexter help you pull your tooth I mean come on yeah I, he
2: refused I don't <laughs> really know why <laughs> everyone around me said that's a terrible idea
3: yeah
4: you, you deciding know. to listen is shocking. <laughs>
1: cool.
2: No, I didn't decide to listen. I just couldn't find anyone to help me participate. So it's just it's it's a dead topic. I can't I can't get anyone to help me. So, but uh, but yeah. So I you know the the time now in my studio has been uh, working on the Gen three release. And those are up on the website now. You can go to housemade.us and check that out. Um, I still haven't updated the photos. I've been like in the middle of trying to figure all that out and um, take pictures. And I'm I'm uh, struggling with space in my workshop. And I have that big four by eight uh, workbench table that's on casters.
3: Yeah. What are you you gonna? Because you've mentioned a couple of times about making that more compact.
2: I have, and I. Every time it's in my way, I think about just burning it to the ground because I'm so angry <laughs> with it you know, but then it comes in useful you know it's yeah, pretty yeah. handy to
3: have so it's any like, oh, flat man. surface is always useful it's well it's handy i don't it can be useful it cannot it collects be an stuff. absolute nightmare
2: yeah yeah and it's it it uh, the fact that it's on wheels makes it bearable to right, have right. it around
4: yeah he was so mad at the table the other day.
2: Well, I wanted to cut it apart and, and here's my thoughts on this. So I had a concept for a video idea I have inside of that table. So like underneath, I have like little racks that hold all my, um, like, uh, leftover boards and pieces and parts and stuff that I just, you know, leftover stuff. And I started looking at it all. And I was like, you know, what if I took the actual table, which is made out of plywood and um, two by four, and then all of the scrap pieces that are un- up underneath, and I ripped them all down to say three inches wide, and then I created a scrap bin tabletop, like butcher block mm-hmm. tabletop, by gluing them all together. And it would take a long time. Uh, there's a guy on uh, YouTube, uh, Wobby, Wobby Designs.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, with have the, you seen the his skateboard work? stuff that the, he does?
2: Yeah, the skateboard guy. Yeah. So if you've ever watched his work, you know he cuts skateboards all up. And then he like flattens them and warms them up and takes glue. That's like yeah, he laminates them work.
3: into all kinds of different patterns. And Oh, my God.
2: This stuff is amazing that he comes up with. Um, a really cool, creative, original idea and his his level of commitment to that project is really awesome I mean the time that must take to just flatten all those boards out and glue them all together is just insane so I'm thinking the work that I would have to do is like one one hundredth hundredth of that it wouldn't be you know quite that um, lengthy uh, but uh, I'm just thinking would that work and could I achieve a flat surface
3: flat ish gi- but but yeah. you'd be able to flatten it. You just have to. Speaking with what? of which, well, a- another YouTube guy that needs deserves a shout out. He doesn't need it because his audience is much bigger than ours. But Rex Kruger, he shows you how to use just plain hand tools to accomplish a lot of that stuff. And I think just with a a hand plane and some careful effort, I think that if whatever lack of flatness the table is you could watch his videos and you could figure out how to get it flat enough for your needs
2: do you think i would need a really large hand plane or could i get away with say like a stanley number four
3: uh it's it's all about averaging so you need a good straight edge and then you know obviously you work the high spots and then from there it's all about selective planing so that when you get to your longer strokes you you have a consistent cut all the way across. You know what I mean. So basically, yeah. you knock down the high spots. Then you're using your straight edge to check, and you're 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 working the areas at different angles to so that you're averaging everything out. And then when you get closer to final finish, then you can do your long strokes with your plane, and everything. You know, you're you've got enough flatness that the sole of the plane will allow you to get to achieve the level of flatness you're after. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah,
2: no, yeah. I have no concept because I've never used a hand plane before. And well, because was...
3: the the sole, the sole of the plane, sorry to interrupt, the sole of the plane, it wants to follow the high points. So the less high points you have, you're not just like like going up and down the ridges. You're staying on top of the the less peaky high points because there's more of them. So there's more surface area that the plane is covering. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I so understand. So those bumps are concept. evened out by that, yeah. Yeah, I understand the concept of a, what a plane does. I think my concern is is the size of the table versus the size of the plane and Just how remember, much time.
3: Just remember. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you're you're either going to trade time for tools or but either way, it still requires accuracy because like I try to remind people uh, you know, I'm I'm the person that my I I go for the time saver versus uh investing the sweat at e- the sweat equity but it's because i also understand that all the tools and everything we have today was originally built by somebody using hand tools
2: yeah and i'm with you on the time saver because i yeah. that's me i i would much rather if time is a finite resource exactly. money and tools you know they come and go so mm-hmm. i feel like I have no use for, say, a very large planer or a very large uh, drum sander or something that would solve this problem very easily. So I I wouldn't just go out and, you know, spend $2,000 on something like that. If
3: you, just throwing this out there, if you got a decent DeWalt 13-inch planer, after you're finished, you know, because you can do two of those 13-inch planks once you plane them and you glue those together, then you would only have one seam line to worry about. That's a good idea. And then, then if you didn't think that you were going to do any more woodworking projects, I would buy that used DeWalt planer from you.
2: I've wanted a DeWalt planer for quite some time. I just haven't gotten, I haven't had enough projects to where I could warrant the purchase because mm-hmm. they're. I looked it up. I think they're like six or seven hundred dollars for the one. Yeah, but you
3: could like. Two-speech. There's a Labor Day Day sale, uh, sale coming up. My guess is you could be, get one for. Five fifty ish during That's the Labor too Day bad. sale.
2: Yeah, because we, you know, we did that project with Dexter and mm-hmm. the the workbench that he made,
3: which he did an excellent job on, by the way.
2: Oh man, yeah, the kid crushed it, and and uh, the we could have really used a, a plane or a planer in that situation. And then I watched a, a really cool video on how to stop snipe because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've had a planer before. I'm fully aware of like sniping issues and all that. Um, And what the guy did was he, so he cut a bunch of boards, you know, to make his butcher block top. And then he cut one extra. So the, and the one extra was like only about 16 or 17 inches long. He ran that in and then his wider piece right behind it. Mm -hmm. And they touched. So, you know, it, the, the, the planer, considered it all one piece so there was no the right. snipe happened on the on the scrap piece right, basically. right uh and i was like wow that's really ingenious because that's actually not that's a, one of the reasons why i don't own a planer i'm like I, every time i get one i'm always like oh, i have to add extra for sniping and i i just i never, never really truly knew how to use one and um now i've had a couple of instances where i'm like oh it'd be really nice to make a table or do something where or, i would have that i or could use that could, tool you
3: could it'd be decent content because i've heard good things about the bauer unit from harbor freight it's a harbor freight tool but considering it's half the price of the dewalt unit Mm -hmm. you might get some legs out of it you know since you have people bitching about your content on housework is just grinders, grinders, grinders. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up at some point and talk about, but yeah, I, I've looked at the, I've looked at the bower. I actually went to Harbor Freight to check it out just to kind of see.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it looks really cheap. Like
3: I, oh man, it's. Is it cheap enough that you could get one or two projects out of it and not care if you had to throw it in the dumpster?
2: Uh, I think it would annoy me if I only got two out of it. it, it I, I think I would much rather buy the DeWalt because I think I would use it more.
3: Fair enough. I was just, you know what you I know. Mean?
2: Yeah. I, I do think that if I had one, I would use it. It's, it's, it's just, that
3: cost benefit analysis, you know, like sometimes a tool that is only good enough for one project is really all you need because you're not going to do more than one project. And other times, you know, I, personally enjoy i enjoy buying better quality tools because i've done the buy the cheap one buy the next cheap next more expensive one until i've worked my way up and it's like you know if i just spent the money on the good one from the beginning i'd have had more money for more projects
2: i kind of have a rule about how harbor freight like i'll go in and i'll buy hand tools there like uh drill bits for 11 dollars. you can get a whole set of like Mm -hmm. drill bits that if you break one or lose one like no big deal and I have one of those drill doctors that allows me to sharpen my bits. So, I mean, I can even take a broken drill bit that's completely snapped in half and sharpen it. And it mm-hmm. still works. So, you know, things like that at Harbor Freight I buy. And then, um, believe it or not, their northern or I don't know the name of the, the hand tool. Oh, gosh, not Icon. Icon's like their high yeah. higher end one. It's not Northern Tool. There's another name for it, but the they have their um, their they're ratcheting box end wrenches mm-hmm. are really good. I mean, they're really good. I use them all the time. And uh, you're not
3: talking about the laminated ones, where it's like no, these are steel. They're they're like um, well, because they've got a laminated one. So there's a thin piece of metal, and then there's the ratcheting me- mechanism, and there's another piece of metal, and those are riveted together. No, like not that one.
2: No, the, these are the cast ones. Okay. So they're yeah, they're cast. Um gosh, I can't think of the name of them, but they're they're uh not like central machinery or whatever, but they're, Right, um, they're the
3: they're the the Pittsburgh.
2: Pittsburgh, that's it. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh and I bought a set of those I think for $20. You know, if you go and buy a Craftsman uh version of that which are made in China too now, unfortunately. Um you know, you're looking at 50 bucks for a set of five or six.
3: Well, you know, uh, not, not to interrupt, but when I finally get going on the shop project, you're going to see just what an interesting mix of Harbor freight tools and other brand tools I have, because for me, the idea of spending money on snap on or other stuff like that, just like, because I'm not a mechanic, I, I don't rely on my tools or on my hand tools to make money they are to enable me to, or allow me to do smaller projects.
2: Yeah. I'm with you. I, I've never, when I worked in a shop and the snap on guy or the Mac tool guy would come around, I would. And in fact, I had a Mac tool truck, uh, the route uh, that was, uh, one of my customers for a long time. And he would come into the shop, you know, of course, cause we fixed his computers and stuff. And he would come into the shop and be like, have you ever thought about doing this? And it was like, for the low price of 1995 a month for 6 months you can own the screwdriver. I was just like you got to be kidding me. People <laughs> actually fall for this stuff. Like I could I just well, couldn't believe it. I yeah, mean, I, get I it. mean if you're a mechanic it makes sense.
3: Well, but, it, it it does it kind of makes sense for a mechanic because you're constantly discovering what shortfalls in tools you have and it's much easier to wait for the tool guy to come to you than for you to be shopping all over town on your time off when your whole goal is to beat book rate. Yeah, I get
2: the concept. I just yeah. I'm too cheap. I don't I just I it bothers me like I, oh, and, and I, some I agree, of these guys are my, not smart. My brother's a, to a know. heavy
3: mechanic and he's like I I couldn't do, you know, he's like I don't have the time or the patience to look for sales and look for coupons and wait for, you know, the big holiday sales and stuff like that. And I'm like I I don't have You know, I mean, I've done all right for myself. I'm not wealthy by any means, but I'm like, I just, I have too much stuff that I need or want. And I I literally can't afford to pay full ticket price for everything.
2: Yeah. I'm with you. I can't, I can't deal with it. Um, But there's certain things that I will not buy at Harbor Freight. Uh, Anything that has, uh, okay, for instance, the port-a-band saw made mm-hmm. by Bauer, mm-hmm. the Bauer brand that Harbor Freight sells. I use that thing every day, and it is flawless. I mean, it just works. I paid eighty six dollars for that thing. Mm-hmm. If you go to buy the exact same saw in a Dewalt or a Milwaukee brand, you're oh, looking yeah. at two ninety. Yeah, mine, three, mine was two ninety
3: seven before tax.
2: Yeah, so you're way above. So I th- I think to myself, if I get three years out of this thing or two years out of this thing it you know i'll just go buy another one you know um but i've gotten if you buy the decent blades the caveat to this is you don't buy the harbor freight blades no you buy the uh, milwaukee i've had really great experience with the milwaukee brand um i use like the 1014 tpi uh blade saw blades mm-hmm.
3: also the diablo blades great. are really good
2: Diablo blades are fantastic. Um, um
3: and stare it, if you're one of those tool snobs, stare it does make good saw blades, but I mean I just I feel like for the average guy who's not cutting that much stuff, it you know, it's an eighty dollar blade. Yeah, and you make
2: one mistake and something yeah, gets it, wedged in there it. and you yeah, it'll snap in half and then and then where you at. I actually tried to tig weld one of those back together. Uh, just to see if I could do it, and uh, I blew a hole right through it, even at, like, the smallest amount of amperage mm-hmm. that I could. Um, so I don't know how they actually weld those things together. It's a I'm resistance
3: sure. welded, so it's kind of uh, like those uh, spot welders.
2: That's what I thought. It, it was like there's some some sort of magic here that yeah, I'm not there's, getting. there's
3: an, yeah. electri- uh, uh, an electrode on each side of the blade, and it sends the current uh, through right to the, the seam where they weld together. That makes sense. And then there's pressure. So you you get oh, that see. end those ends hot and it presses the blade together so it's like a kind of a, a friction uh, resistance weld and then and then, then, they, and then they, they just grind, grind they just grind and buff that weld spot off. Gotcha.
2: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I try I tried just a TIG like you know tap tap just to see if I could yeah. get it to bond, and it literally blew a hole right through it at like I don't know forty amps thirty amps something like that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's not uh, not worth trying to fix them. Um, but it, if I've tried, just to be fair, I've tried the DeWalt bland, uh, brand blades, and they are not as good as the Milwaukee. I can mm-hmm. definitely tell you that DeWalt, that. they yeah. break faster. The Linux and-
3: blades, the Linux blades are also another good choice.
2: Yeah, those are good. I tried those, too. I, I just had really great experience with Milwaukee. So, and, and here's the cool thing about Milwaukee brand blades is that you can walk into any Home Depot and buy them off the shelf. So if you're in a pinch and you need them, you can get them locally, yeah. although they are way cheaper on Amazon.
3: And and for all of our fine folks that don't live in major metro areas, uh, that's why I keep saying things like the alternative brands like the Linux and the uh, Diablo because you should be able to find those in any of your better hardware stores.
2: Yeah, like an Ace Hardware or something.
3: Yeah. Because I, I you know, it's 150 miles for me to get to the nearest Home Depot and Lowe's.
2: They don't have uh a Home Depot or a Lowe's in Bangkok?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I probably haven't gone far enough afield yet. <laughs>
2: Uh, for those of you who don't know the this is a uh, running joke. Today I did an Instagram live where I was promoting the podcast and uh, I made the joke that uh, Trent lives in Thailand because uh, that's the only place the law would allow him to live with his lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it with a fairly straight face i don't know if you noticed that so, he did
3: uh, and i i was trying hard to make him laugh and he was just ignoring all of my comments <laughs> yeah i said vain oh god you that said tern- dainy like three times and i was like <laughs> oh oh you're in for it now
2: oh it was great it was great but uh we're, we're so what we're trying to do is do a little bit more cross promotion for the podcast and uh, taking a page out of Jeff Vader's book because he does a really great job of promoting his podcast and getting people to listen. He does, like, in- Instagram Lives and kind of, like, does a whole bunch of stuff. In fact, Sarah, you could go live right now while we're doing this podcast, and you could show everybody what we're doing if you want. But That's uh, true. On the Work For It podcast
3: one, by the way. Right. Well, I mean, she could do it on hers, but then she's got to cross-promote her Instagram Right to the podcast one, and it's just easier to go through the podcast
2: one. This is why we created the workforit.podcast Instagram account, so you can go right there, follow us there, and you can uh, DM us any questions, thoughts, ideas, or comments about the show. Uh, Of course, we are always interested
3: to hear from you, and if you're listening, we appreciate you. Before you switch tracks, Brian, I have a request from a... uh, a regular follower of the podcast and a person that I consider a friend because we talk at least once a day. Uh, He wants to know what's going on with the press build.
2: Ah, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I am in the process of building that out in the uh, infusion. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So my goal for this press build is to build a full size floor model. So 10 inches of travel, 24 tons of press, if you can imagine. Uh, So we're talking an industrial uh, hydraulic ram, uh, probably a two horsepower, three phase motor, you know, um, to to control the the hydraulics. And then uh, we are going to take that model And we are going to scale it down by half. And then that is going to be a model that could be mounted on a movable cart with with wheels Mm -hmm. or a benchtop model so that you could, you know, throw it on a benchtop and it would be small enough to have in a small shop, uh, but still have the amount of pressure. Like if somebody wanted to make Damascus or uh, they wanted to make hammers, for instance, they can make uh, tooling and dies. That would allow for that. Um,
3: if somebody w- owes you a debt, you just stick their hand in there.
2: Stick their hand in there. Make sure those dyes are nice and hot so that cauterizes the wound. <laughs> and we're all set. So because one of the here's what here's what I've been reading. Uh, I've never used a hydraulic press. Th- this is not rocket science tree, by the way. So if you if you look at a hydraulic press, there's it's it's one axis, one mm-hmm. thing moving up and down in one axis. And it all it has to do is have enough uh, mobility and pressure to smush hot steel. That's the whole point
3: here. Or tender flesh.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, some sort of like pirate, you know, uh, torture device. <laughs> so the concept here is very simple, much more simple than a grinder. But just like the grinder, the devil's in the details. When you start getting, uh, when you start building something like this, the functionality remains the same, but the sizing and how much pressure—how you know what's the size of the motor, what's the size of the hydraulic tank, where can it fit? Does it fit on a cart? Can it be rolled around? Can it be moved? Uh, you know, it, it, these are all things that, when somebody's building a press, they may not want to build a huge floor model, nor would they have the room for such a thing. You know. Um, or the money to build one because it's it could be considerably more expensive to do so. Uh, if I make take that same concept after we've built that one and we reduce it by half and still give it, let's say I could probably reduce it by half and still give it 20 tons of pressure,
3: mm-hmm.
2: so 24, they could potentially do all of the same things but with a very much more smaller, compact, and mobile unit, which in my head. Is a win, like I think, you know. When you look at these commercial presses, uh, Coal Iron Forge is one that builds a really mm-hmm. great unit.
3: Yeah,
2: and uh, they have a mobile or de- a benchtop uh, version version of their press, um, and and that inspired me. And I was like, you know what? I think it's important that if I build this thing, that I do it in both ways, so that we meet both markets. Um, you know so yeah that's where we're at with it and i'm i'm in the very early very early uh stages of development on that um, but i do have all of the i beam was already delivered and everything so i've i've got all that in my shop and uh terrified of that stuff because <laughs> it is very heavy <laughs> very big
4: i have a question for you about yeah sure
2: this. yeah
4: and don't if if you do don't tell do you have a name for the press yet uh no because we haven't talked about it yet, mm-hmm. but you, when we have that conversation, you usually already have some ideas.
2: The, uh, the
3: press-a-later 3000.
2: No. <laughs> I was always impressed by, um, have you ever watched the show um, Gold Rush? Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? The, yeah, uh, yeah. the young guy, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, oh,
4: Parker. Parker. Yeah. Parker, uh,
2: Parker um, Schnabel. Sh- Schnabel. So, you know, he developed a sluicing machine. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this. And if for those of you who don't know what a slu- sluicer is, it's a device that they use to separate gold from uh, gravel, basically. Yeah, it they just washes design. water over
3: a...
4: Oh, I know where you're going with this. Okay. So
2: he he builds this ginormous... This kid is very driven. Uh, I respect him very much. And I love the show very much. Uh, and uh, so he builds this enormous uh, sluicing machine. And uh, they're standing there talking about it. And he's like, I want it. It, it, you, it. it was almost as if we watched this happen. I don't know if they actually caught it on film or if he had figured this out before that they, they took the video of this. But he's standing there and he's like, I want it painted red and I'm going to call it slucifer. Nice. And, dude, I mean, the genius behind that name is just like it's fantastic. You know, this big red demon like looking thing that he calls Lucifer. It's a great name. So we have to come up with something like that for the press. Um, uh, the, the revolution just kind of came to me because it just made sense. Like, you know, it's a it's a revolving belt. You know, I, you mean, could, I was like,
3: you could call it the diamond press because, you know, carbon under pressure becomes diamonds. The diamond press. Hmm. It's not as catchy as I'd like it to be. I know.
2: It should be I'm something sorry. else. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. I, I haven't come up with anything, so you, your idea is way better than mine because I don't even have one. But uh, you know, some, I'm or, uh, like what, something. I'm thinking like something along.
3: What's that faux Latin phrase? Non carborundum illegitimi. Don't let the bastards <laughs> grind you down.
2: Yeah, I was thinking somewhere along the uh, like the like using uh, Presszilla or something like that would be kind of fun, you know, too, or whatever. Just something memorable, I think right. is what, what the key is. I had no idea that the revolution would be as successful as it was and how now Sarah was actually online yesterday doing some, um, search engine research for, for mar- our marketing purposes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's like, do you know that people are like Pinteresting this and it's all over Reddit and it's all over. I had no idea. I mean, if you type in two by 72 belt grinder the related searches that come up are almost all related to us sweet
3: that would ex- that would explain the dickheadishness of the uh competitor you were mentioning in previous episodes
2: they shall they are like our um who's the guy voldemort they sh- <laughs> they who shall not be named right <laughs> so just so but you it's know but good
4: you really i mean you have a lot of uh you know keyword penetration
2: mm-hmm. uh i love penetration in the keyword wor- key keyword world uh and uh and um oh, yes Sarah. <laughs> and we <laughs> so we
4: uh i'm a lucky gal you
2: really are yes and uh d- just so if I'm you giving don't give her all i've got captain i just don't have the power All right. (laughs) Anyway, so, yes, we had a competitor approach us. uh, Or I don't know if they're even really a competitor, if you want to call it that or whatever. But they were uh, a well-known manufacturer and uh, kind of threatened me a little bit, which was interesting. Uh, And I was just like, I don't know what to say to this person. So I just gave my honest rundown.
4: But they they were like... Literally, are you with us or against us? It was aggressive. It was
3: aggressive.
2: Yeah. It
4: was pretty. It was pretty awesome, though, to be threatened. It's probably. It's probably a
3: really good thing I'm not on your customer service team (laughs) because my response would have been totally different.
2: When you get an email from
4: great, he was so mad, and I'm like, take it easy.
2: The and and then my response was very honest. It was just like, well, if you made a better product, I would produce or I would promote it, but you don't. And uh,
4: you were very, very nice. Though. But I
2: was very diplomatic when I said it. And, uh, and it,
4: I, as always, it was, you know, the Brian, the typical Brian invite to collaborate. You know, I did.
2: Mm-hmm. I invited them to collaborate and I let them know that I have, I own a very valuable space uh, on the internet. And if they would like to collaborate with me, I would more than welcome it. And, well, you know, uh, it's- yeah.
3: It's my argument about when people talk about capitalism. Capitalism requires competition. Anybody that thinks that they just deserve all the market share isn't really a capitalist. They just think that they should have a free ride regardless of how shitty their product is or how poor their customer service is.
2: I think that their thought was we were here first. Well, that's what I got.
3: Competition. If they ain't up for it, they need to get the fuck out and bake cookies
2: hey man it's it's one of those things where i f- i felt recognized not in a positive way but i was recognized and i really uh it made me really make made me think that i'm doing something right
3: i'm i'm getting to i'm getting to love the haters like you know we've we've mentioned uh, dies in every movie dies in every film dies in every film yeah uh, on'ur oh my god i love the way he deals with those people it's his feed is constantly full of these asshats who think that you know their opinion matters and like here's the thing folks i i have nothing against the audience don't, don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not tearing down the audience or whatever but the fucking mouthpieces you know who you are if you think that your opinion should matter as everybody on youtube says show me what you've done until then keep those those they're they're intentionally abrasive and intentionally uh uh, friction you know like full of friction they're intended to get a response
2: yeah that's what they want they they just for instance like that uh post i made on instagram yesterday about uh, that comment, you know, I screen grabbed that. That was like a dies in every film moment for me. Cause I was like, Hey, I finally have one that I can actually, you know, share, uh, share and yeah, you know, send out to the world and see what everybody thinks. And, and to be honest, you know, that, that comment is something that I do think about. It's not like uh and I think that's the, why it bothered me so much is that this person basically verbalized my worst fear which oh, is but yeah you, but uh, you know you're time, making content about the the one thing.
3: dudes dudes like i just watch youtube eight hours a day and i learn all this stuff and i'm not doing anything with it but i think that my opinion is valuable so i'm gonna vomit all over your page
2: well you know and and i it totally agree the guy like called himself out when he said he watches youtube eight hours a day it was just like okay. that was
4: my first takeaway yeah. like who is doing that
2: yeah, that's kind of sad, number one. Uh, but but at the same time, it did highlight something that I'm very conscious about. It's um, you know every creator has this thing where they get put in a niche, and until you you know you it's very hard to break out of those niches. You know if you look at my numbers on my videos that I create, if I make anything outside of the grinder niche, um, you know it's it's the numbers are just not the same. It's it's like one half or one tenth or whatever it is. Now. Do I do it for views? No. That, that's not why I create YouTube content. But of course, you create content because you want to resonate with somebody or an audience. And when I started the Grinder project, and maybe it was um, a result of you know the audience responding so heavily to that content that it kept fueling the project. And and I just wanted to do more and more and more. And it became a part of my passion and my purpose. And I really started to think about it in terms of perhaps the market decides for you. You don't get to decide what you're good at. And uh, you have been chosen to do this kind of work by the hive mind. And also, maybe I'm good at something I didn't really recognize that I was good at. You know, it's like uh, Jeremy in Simple Little Life and his knife making. He is extremely talented at that. And, of course, everyone loves to watch him make knives. And, you know, now he's kind of like, you know, it's just I get stuck in that niche and I want to do other stuff. And, you know, it's hard and I don't it's hard to break free. Of that. And um, it's. Yeah, but
4: you know what? I think being in a niche is a lot different than being a one trick pony. And that guy was Bingo. basically saying you're a one trick pony.
3: Bingo. You think so? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sarah nailed it. He was, he was, it was the classic deflection and thrust. He, it was a person who, by his own admission, is probably going some, through some things and, I feel bad for him if that's the case, but he was deflecting his own frustration with his situation onto you because by God, you're not doing what he thinks you should do because this is the only thing he's got going in his life.
2: Yeah, I definitely picked up on some of that. But at the same time, even though, yes, we all agree that he's wrong. It doesn't change the fact that it's something that I think about from time to time. And it makes me wonder like, does anybody really want to watch me make another grinder or improve my grinder? Because sometimes, you know,
3: sometimes, you know, I mean, if you, that's the question, it's it's your channel, but I mean, like as long as you're okay with it, that's all that should matter because
2: it is what that's that. This is my passion, man. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. I wake up every morning thinking about it and how to make it better and then how to get it out to the people who are using it. Yeah, so, like that I mean, is my passion.
3: I mean it comes it, it comes down to you know back to what you said about your definition of success and and don't let don't let some troll get in your head over something like that like it's it's one thing for you to make the choice yourself. It's another for it, it if you let that get in your head and you start chasing the trends or whatever i I think you're gonna be very unhappy.
2: I agree, and, and and so what that did for me was, okay, so I screen grabbed the conversation, posted it to Instagram, and dude, not only the comments, but the private messages I got was enough confirmation for me to know that I'm on the right path because so many people reached out to me and said like, hey, I would have never built a grinder if it wasn't for you. I watch every one of your videos that is associated with it, even though the build is done. I love it. I I use it every day. Basically, it's changed my life and you've made my my projects better. And every time I use it, I think about you. And like, you know, it, it was a lot of really amazing communication came from that post. And yesterday was a rough day for me. I was just feeling kind of shitty anyway about stuff. And I was just like, whatever this guy and I was in the middle of shooting another video and I just stopped, you know, like that's w- how powerful that, that thing hit me when I read it. And I was just like, I'm just, you know, I got interrupted by a bunch of stuff. Other, you know, I probably would have continued, but it did make yeah. Me but stop. That was
3: kind of the straw that broke the camel's back yesterday.
2: Yeah. 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 So I was really in a bad way. And, uh, so anyway, I got a lot of positive feedback, and um, it really helped me push through uh, to you know continue creating this video. Hopefully, I'll be able to get it out um, in the next uh, couple of days. About the gen, it's basically about the Gen three uh, laser cut parts uh, mm-hmm. release, and then talking a little bit about the future of the project. You know what we're going to do when it's finally absolutely one hundred percent completed, because the revolution is very close to being a complete grinder kit. So, you know, right now, uh, Gen 3 when it when it comes to you, all you really have to do is find the tube steel and the tracking mechanism. That's it. All, all the other hardware, everything else is included. So it's it's almost a 100% kit. And some people say to me like, "Hey, you know, I bought Gen 2 and now you're out with Gen 3 and I really wish I would have waited for Gen 3 and and you know, now it's a more complete grinder, but we do offer the parts for sale on the side. So you don't have to just you know, you don't have to buy the kit. You right, can right. you can buy the the additional pieces. And a couple of people were a little bit salty about it. I'm like, if I waited until this thing was perfect, this grinder would have never met the market. It would have never gone out. Right, and,
3: and well, and that's that's one of my, uh, you know, it's it's like I'm I'm invested heavily in this Dewalt stuff, and now there's a new tough tough system 2.0. Those those black uh, rolling storage bins that I've got oh yeah that you've seen in my thing so anyway some people bitch about that they're like oh god i wish you'd come up with this and it's like i'm just fucking thankful that i've gotten the use i have out of and and it should be the same way whether they have version one or version two of your grinder how much work are you getting accomplished with it like that should be the goal isn't that why we buy tools so that we can work and so that it does it performs a function that we need yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand I this. I don't know. The whole idea of keeping up with the Joneses because they've got a newer grinder is just like that's that's the mindfuck shit that I can't. I can't. I literally don't even want to try to wrap my mind around. It's like, are you buying the tool to do some work, and is it is it functioning for you, or are you just again, are you one of these? you know garage mahal guys with your your shrine to all these tools but everything is polished and turtle waxed and
2: <laughs> i love that term garage mahal somebody needs to start a youtube channel called that <laughs> oh my god where they just sit around and polish their polish their <laughs> tools all day <laughs> oh uh, my god
3: there's yeah. actually a forum called garagejournal.com and oh my god you should see some of the shops on that site oh yeah
2: yeah, we get a lot of referrals from Garage Journal. Somebody on that forum posted a picture of their of their Revolution, uh, and then um, we got a bunch of sales from it. You Sweet. know uh, what? I, what I think is insanely beautiful about these this kind of grassroots project is that the people who buy from you, your customers, become your champions. Mm-hmm. You know and you cannot buy marketing like that. It just doesn't no. exist. Yeah. And I don't know.
3: Especially go, not starting at the level that you did.
2: Yeah. And and that's right now. I would say majority of our sales come from word of mouth from other people who have built it and have talked about it on, you know, Facebook, Reddit, uh, and all, all these other forums like homemade tools. Dot net mm-hmm. and garage journal. And cause I get a, I get a report every day where our sales come from. So you know, the, the cool thing about modern day e-commerce now is that you can see where all of your, you know, all your analytics are. You, you can get as granular as you want with this. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll tell me like, hey, this is where your referrals are coming from. And it'll also tell me like where that person, if that person has visited the website more than once. Uh, you know, and where they came from originally. So, like, if uh, somebody watched one of my YouTube videos and they click through to a link, Mm -hmm. it'll tell me that they did that, and then it'll also tell me that. that, But when they bought it, they were on Garage Journal, dude. You're gonna have to.
3: You're gonna have to show me how to set all that stuff up when I get to the point of actually putting up a website because that's invaluable information.
2: It really is because you you know you look at the metrics. And you, you now know where to focus your you know your marketing if you if you're if you're savvy enough to understand the statistics, the the world is your oyster mm-hmm. you know and you can you can do with the, what you want um you know so and you know now we have a uh, couple thousand people just in our mailing list you know and those that's valuable you know people that have signed up just to hear from us on a regular basis so uh, and that, that's the other the part about that comment. That I kind of wanted to address too is that he said that I'm prostituting my own channel. Well, I made this channel from it's the my bitch.
3: Up. I'll pimp that hoe if I want.
2: <laughs> it's right. And, and I, but at the same time, I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, the whole point of the channel is this. And, and then someone else wrote in, they're like, I went back in your content library. I watched a lot of your old content. It was good, but there was no, theme there was no sort of overarching theme it was like mm-hmm. very uh, spread out you know mm-hmm. there wasn't well, a lot of consistency there and they're like the, you could literally watch the transition between those old videos where you're rebuilding a boat and you're just messing around doing whatever on YouTube and then all of a sudden you hit the grinder thing and now it's like you can literally watch your transition from being a boy to a man you created something that you you know that's like how he put it in the comment. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, you just watch the transition. You're obviously very passionate and you love this project. So why wouldn't you continue to just continue making videos about this? Because and, some
3: uh, troll said something mean to me.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. So I need to stop being a baby and you know you know get over.
3: Well, I'm not calling you a baby. I'm just saying like well, I'm a baby. <laughs> um, I'm being a baby. Just, it just baby. Se- it just seems like that's kind of what the trolls want they want you to suck your thumb and slink away like they won and it's like what have you really won if you if you did affect somebody that emotionally or mentally the world has lost because you're a shitty person
2: i think that they just it's i think of it in terms of like the guy that goes and uh you know blows up like a shopping mall or something he just does it because he doesn't care what kind of attention he gets even if it's negative So it's like it's like something like that. It's very narcissistic, very sociopathic kind of behavior. Again, I don't know that person. And I do kind of appreciate that they they took time to tell me that they disagree with how I'm running my channel or whatever, because ultimately it will help me at some point. I Initially, I get annoyed with people who are like, you shouldn't be wearing flip flops in your shop. I can't take you seriously if you're like building something in flip flops, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, man, I'm like, meanwhile,
3: meanwhile, though, they usually have some dumb screen name, like, you know, drunken hillbilly 69 or, you know, like, how the fuck am I supposed to take your criticism seriously when you're obviously, you know,
4: I agree with drunken hillbilly 69 that you need to wear. Uh, protective footwear.
2: I now wear very cool, very stylish <laughs> steel-toed steel clogs. Steel right. I wear I wear <laughs> no, my steel-toed flip-flops when I'm working. Oh my God. I yes. just don't. You know what? You know the 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 solution to that is I never shoot my feet. There I you just go. Never see them.
4: Yeah. That's great.
2: Or I did break my I broke what you, my foot what you do a YouTube video. Is once.
3: you strip buck naked and you just wear your apron and then they only get an ass shot when you turn around.
2: I don't think you can do that on YouTube, but that would be funny.
4: You could put the blocks up. The blocks. The digital.
2: Yeah, the uh, blurry, blur, the, blurry, the blurs. Blurry pixels. You could blur, you could blur my butt out. Yeah.
4: Like when you did that when you were you, you were shooting the grinder and you took the
2: I know, that was funny. <laughs> you
4: <laughs> you ever, did you ever did you ever
2: see that video, Trent, where I take the belt off the grinder? Mhm. I I did this funny photo shoot thing where I was like, you know, I was like I had my grinder on the table and I'm and I've got lights all around it and I'm and I'm like walking up to it. I'm like, give me sassy, give He's me sassy. He's filming I'm,
4: himself do this. I'm nice. filming
2: myself do this and I've got my camera and I'm sh- I'm taking photos. Oh like yeah, a like, flash.
3: like like a
4: model, it's like, like a photographer
3: photos. who shoots models. I got, yeah, like, I gotcha.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then at some point, I I look at the grinder. I'm like, oh, oh, really? Oh, okay. You you want to take your belt off? Oh, okay. And then as I I'm like, okay, let me help you with that. And as I pull the belt off the grinder, I put the fuzzy boxes over it. So it looks like the <laughs> grinder's naked. And then I'm taking pictures. I'm like, these are just for us. Don't worry. I won't share them with anybody.
1: <laughs> and
2: then and then I'm really like, great. and then I go, all right, we need to put this belt back on. My wife is going to be home soon. <laughs>
3: Oh my god, you have to send me the link for that. It's it's
2: on Instagram somewhere. I don't know. I gotta I gotta find it. I spent an entire day making that
3: video.
4: It was that's, really funny. That's yeah.
3: awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was really it's funny. It's my
4: favorite video.
2: It was the video that I used to push the plans, the first plans release. Yeah, it was nice. we did that before we even sold parts. Yeah.
3: Well, not to steal your thunder. Steal. I have a partial announcement to make. Oh. Um, You'll have to stay tuned and listen to further episodes if you want to hear the whole story. But I purchased my iron worker today, and that was a mama-approved purchase that was literally dependent on another uh, situation that we are working on, and we had a positive resolution. So going forward, sometime in the next month, Things are going to change around here.
2: So, uh, explain to me what an iron worker is.
3: Uh, it's, a, it's a hydraulically actuated tool that you use to, like, you can hole punch, you can shear steel, you can bend steel, you can notch, you can, uh, you have interchangeable tooling that you put in tooling slots, and it allows you to process, uh, you can plate, you can process plate, strap, angle whatever um interesting
2: yeah and so what's the plan with this this new tool
3: uh well the this is because of certiflat stepping on their dick and then blaming me for like you know calling them out and them canceling my order after i gave them several thousand dollars of my money because they wouldn't do what they wanted and i said fine I'll take and I'll modify your design and make it work. And, you know, uh, I ended up getting a phone call from the president because one of their uh, brand representatives called me after the deal was done and, like, started kind of chewing my ass because uh, he was out of the loop. He'd gone on vacation. And uh, so he wasn't aware of what was going on. And at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning, I was not willing to have my ass chewed by somebody who didn't know what was going on. And I called him on his shit, and he went and cried to Daddy. And Daddy said, I don't think you're a good fit for us. And I was like, well, you guys aren't really a good fit for customers unless they're Jimmy Dresta, so you can give them free shit so that somebody else will buy your stuff. It's <laughs> uh, like, you know, I've been fucking after you guys for six months to sell me a table, and you guys offer custom builds, and you don't. You, you you want me to send you a drawing and then you want to charge me hundred and fifty dollars an hour to re engineer it. I was like, if I send you a fucking drawing, cut that shit out. Don't fucking tell me it will or won't work. I'm using you as a laser cutting service at that point.
2: And, so all uh, right, so but if you so certiflat is out, right? They're not right, even they're, they're not they're, doing it. So they're, they're, they're so ironworker, the uh, device it, it I mean, I understand sort of what it is, but like, is, is it like a welding table kind of situation? No, no, or no, no.
3: It... It's it's literally, you. It, there's a, a hydraulic ram and a power source. Okay. And uh, that hydraulic ram moves an arm, and that arm actuates different cha- interchangeable tooling so that you can literally punch, shear, bend, oh. steel, Uh, you know, your, your basic steel material that you can get at the yard, whether it's... Uh, you can punch holes in plate as long as you can get the, the area you need punched in the throat. Uh, you can, you can shear angle iron. It's got a, a, a thing that you put the, put the angle iron in and, and you step on the foot pedal and the arm comes down and it shears the angle iron. Uh, you can, you can squish the ends of tubing. You can, uh, you, you can literally punch clearance holes for bolts or you can punch, uh, holes yeah, for, I'm, look,
2: I'm looking at it yeah it's it's uh it's interesting looking i i i'd never okay so what's like tell me what a project would be that you would uh, utilize well this okay
3: so the the initial project that i'm going to use it on is i'm building my own plasma table since um you know that's why i've got the the carriages and the the controller so right. i i'm building my own plasma table from scratch because I, I don't like the existing plasma tables that are out there um especially for the money and uh this way I could I could literally build if I wanted to I could build a 10 by 20 foot plasma table.
2: Yeah, you were saying that because yeah. basically it's a uh, it however long the um the 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 arms are where the where the what's that called the, where the the, tra- the travel uh, the the carriages the ga- yeah the the, carriages the for the gantry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you could Make it however big or long or whatever you wanted it to be, and you can cut whatever size mm-hmm. you know that you're working on. So this machine is going to help you build that.
3: Yes, and, and that's that's actually goes into kind of more of what I want to do, which is eventually offer some flat pack tools to uh, other DIYers, and you know, kind of more in the metal working side than the knife making side. But some of those tools overlap, so, you know, I'm not, don't worry, I'm not going to be making grinders, but I've got some flat pack tool, tool ideas that I would like to, you know, at first everything would be plasma cut and punched on the iron worker for, you know, bolt for alignment and bolting together and stuff. But if, if things ever took off, then I would probably do like you and I would get things laser cut and drop shipped.
2: Yeah, you it, it's definitely much you, you want to remove yourself from the actual production as much as possible. Yeah, you know, that, but that's
3: part my, of it. my whole goal is always my shop is more for personal projects and R&D than it is to like, I don't want to. I really don't want a 12 hour a day job cranking out somebody else's widgets.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. And and plus, a lot of that can be automated now. So, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense.
3: But that that's the other thing. Um where, where we're going with this whole thing, I think an iron worker would be very handy at this location.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely right. Yeah, I, I actually started uh, getting looking at uh, you know what a rocket stove is, mm-hmm. like kind of popular mm-hmm. now. Like people make them, and I was like, man, I really want to make one of those. So I, I got the 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 concept in my head, but then I'm like, I got too many projects going on but it'd be kind of a a neat thing you know to make them and uh customize them and that kind of thing i think they would sell well like locally you know Mm -hmm. people would buy them and they're very simple to fabricate i mean we're talking a 45 cut of a piece of steel it's like i don't know three or four feet long uh it's six by six you know tube steel basically or smaller four Mm -hmm. by four and, uh, and 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 you know some legs and and maybe a hole in the side for a breather and 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 go at it you know and, and weld it together and make it make it kind of cool. Like some people put like a uh, like a cross uh, piece on the top so you can mm-hmm. put like a pan on it and cook on it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and the way you know how it functions, like you slide the wood down in the base. Yeah. And and yeah, it it's, like it's
3: basically it. a a bottom-fed updraft. And that's why it's a rocket, because the updraft from the bottom uh, breather holes creates that updraft so that, f- that the hotter the fire gets, the stronger that updraft is. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's called a rocket stove, because when it's going full blast, it looks like a rocket trying to take off.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I think I think they're very cool. And, and um, do you know who uh, Adam is over at Maker Table? Yeah. Yeah, if you've ever followed any of his stuff, he's got like a full-on metal shop now him Tennessee. him,
3: Him and I have an interesting relationship because I talked to him before I met you. And uh, oh, no at, kidding. Yeah, at first, him and I were uh, button heads, and I was like, look, dude, you're an iron worker, not to be confused with a machine, but he used to build steel buildings and stuff. And I said, I am a machinist. I'm trying to help you if you reconsider what I'm telling you. Without looking at it as being attacked, you can pick the corn out of the shit, you know? And uh,
2: perhaps you weren't being as diplomatic as you should have been.
3: Probably you not, didn't. which probably actually helped me <laughs> when I was talking to you. But once we got, once we crossed that bridge, uh, I was able to help him out with a few concepts that he was working on. So that, like, I'm not trying to take credit. I'm just saying I, get, I gave him some good ideas that he has. He is capitalized on. Yeah, he's uh, But our, he's our relationship started a out a little more adversarial.
2: Yeah. I, I think that uh you're the type of person that could come across as like a little bit more aggressive. What? You know? Sometimes <laughs> I'm just uh, you know, giving you some <laughs> feedback here. And uh yeah, and it, and you know, but the problem is too, is like when you're typing to somebody oh, on the internet, no nuance. there's no yeah, there's no context. It's yeah. like people don't understand. So you have to be extra careful because there's people that write comments on my youtube channel that they think they're being funny and like i kind of can see how they're funny you know the comments are funny well but if i don't really know them so yeah well and that's why
3: on instagram i try to use a lot of emojis just so people have a better idea of what angle i'm coming from
2: yeah no doubt i i always unless i'm like being a jerk, I typically put like a little smiley face after things so that people understand that you know hey, i'm 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 goofing around here, you know, or whatever. or I'm not in a bad mood or whatever. So, but yeah, it's it's a it's a weird world of of communicating online where you don't have that opportunity to uh, you know really uh, share emotions and things like that. So there's a lot of miscommunication, a lot of confusion. And, uh, yeah, you just got to be diplomatic and kind and all those things and helpful and all that. And, you know, people come through, you know.
4: It's just not for everybody.
2: It's not. I mean, d- d- I, I, by the way.
3: or
4: The kindness.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, kindness. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't, I actually. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, I know I can be a bit of a dick, but, like, I really do think that the world runs much smoother on kindness. It's just that. Some people it's really hard for me to want to be kind to them because they're just they're just being dickbags and it's like, you know, I've got better shit to do with my time than waste it trying to be nice to you because you're a dickbag.
2: I just like to uh ignore, you know, those people as much as possible. That 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 seems to work for me pretty well.
3: But uh Have you ever seen actually- the, Have you ever seen the bumper stickers that say mean people suck?
4: Mhm.
3: Yes. Yeah. I think they do. Yeah, I think I think that nails it on the head. And you know, I don't I don't most of the people that I've ever seen actually have those stickers. They're not whiny little bitches. They're just like, Yeah, mean people are just not worth my time. So, you know, I just nope out of the situation when I notice that, hey, they're a dickhead. It's funny because
2: uh, I actually just got another uh, response from this uh, guy who (laughs) wrote me the thing and I saw it come through earlier and I haven't read it. And because (laughs) I didn't respond to his last comment, uh, he wrote, now you've got me to the point that I skip all your videos and I'm about to unsubscribe because it is the same of the same.
3: You're getting called out.
2: Man, I cannot afford to lose right one, one subscriber. Man, oh, man. What, what, what are you? What are you gonna
3: do? Are you Are you gonna show up to the playground after school, ready to fight? Or oh man, I don't know. This is
2: where he's, he's
4: stopping to realize. He said that he's
3: about. I
4: mean, right. we could
2: save this by could, creating. Yeah, you concept. could
4: turn it all around. You, but you, you probably
3: know? should. I mean, this this is probably like one of those really important relationships, like your first girlfriend in middle school, or.
4: He wants you to try to impress him. Or your
3: your, your first retail job or, uh, you know, th- those real pivotal moments in our lives. Yeah, I, th- I, I think you should make say. the effort, Brian.
2: I make, I make a lot of effort. I make a lot of good, valuable content, I think so. And I, I stated my case, you know, my response, you saw it on Instagram. It was like, hey, if, you know, you want me to make other content, you know, tell me what you miss about my old content. Or if you right. think you want something different. And his response was, well, I never watched your old stuff. Well, then why did you subscribe
3: yeah, in the well, first then place? How about you fuck off and die?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I gotta love the internet. This <laughs> is a great. He's place.
4: failing to realize that he's showing you he's not your target.
3: Yeah, I mean he's just not the audience.
2: You know, yeah, he's
4: not the subscriber you want. It doesn't matter if he yeah. subscribes or not. I, I,
3: mm. I just imagine ten years ago, this is a guy who would write a very terse, angry a letter. letter to Discovery to Channel, to say, I am very disappointed that you're canceling Orange County Choppers, and I just want you to know that I'm canceling my 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 cable package because you, you sir, have crossed a line.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, their opinion matters, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yes, of course. Uh, I, I'm doing my best to mitigate the loss. Uh,
3: <clears throat> so... Uh, Will will, will like, you will, you, will you be able to sleep tonight, Sarah? Are you gonna have to rock him like a baby?
2: I had nightmares last night. That, this could have been all related to hit, that.
4: That's true. He said he had a nightmare this morning and he would not tell me what it was about. Did Were the sheets to trying to it.
2: eat you? No, no, no. It, it, it's, will you was, talk about it now? Absolutely not. Oh no. It, it was brutal. It was a bad one. Oh. It was it was about this comment on YouTube. I, I just, You I, liar. I I yeah, no, I'm lying. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, so all right, so uh, Trent, you've got the the this whole Iron Worker project. You've got a whole bunch of cool stuff coming up in the in future episodes. We will be able to disclose. Yes. We're yes. too soon in the these uh, the the situation in order to. Yeah, uh, it's
3: still just a little too fluid for me to for me to go full bore excited, telling yeah the, uh, sharing the news. Yeah, there's got
2: there's got to be some more solidification on that, and uh, I am the big the big news for me this week is obviously Gen three release, uh, but I'm also working on a rotary platen or slack belt uh, attachment for the the revolution
4: for that stupid boring grinder that you keep just packing away did at.
3: You, not to interrupt, but did you get uh, the uh, DM from Jay Perk forty eight? I did okay. I want you to I consider had brief, that because
2: yeah, I had a brief minute to look at it. I I need to draw it up in CAD. I do f- somewhat understand what he's talking about. I, I I think I had the same kind of concept where you're pulling things. Uh, I I get what he. It's hard for me to describe it. Yeah, both, where but where yes, he's
3: where he's coming from. Uh, he because he showed me he showed me it. It's actually from an older Honda belt tensioning system. So if it, uh, if it worked for Honda for 20 plus years. Okay. It should work for you.
2: It, it and and again I'll stress this is that it needs to be easy to make. That's yeah. the other part of it.
3: He's he's he thinks that you can totally do it with your laser flat pack and just um careful dimensioning and making sure that people weld shit in appropriate places and that it'll be perfectly functional after that.
2: Yeah, cuz I was thinking if you did a nesting situation with the tabs mm-hmm. that you would be able to achieve that pretty easily mm-hmm. if you laser cut them. Yep. So, yeah. So, I, yeah, that's the next step. Everything else about a rotary platen is insanely simple. There's like nothing to it other than the four wheels that have grooves in it and a belt and a plate to hold those wheels. The what? tensioner is the hard part.
3: So, what what is the the belt actually from? I know it's an automotive application, but what is it actually from?
2: Uh, I don't know. when i started researching the belts you go down the there's a huge rabbit hole Mm -hmm. i actually asked chaz uh from knife grinder parts he said he didn't know either so because i was like well what belt do i buy you know and um the so when i did the research it's a j belt with oh god i'd have to look it up but there's there's like a a a number system yeah it's j30 it's it's,
3: it's what like a a 26 inch diameter belt
2: it's a 30 inch belt there's two of them i bought two different sizes because i thought you know what if i want a smaller one i could make a smaller one pretty simply um and there's it's a numbering system so uh in fact let me i'm looking it up right now to understand it better so it's a poly v belt 20 band so the band when it says two zero band that's how many grooves are in it that's how many grooves are in it, and, and so then, your
3: poly V belt—that's your standard serpentine belt pattern.
2: Yep, and so it's a three hundred J two zero poly V belt, and the three hundred, the three zero stands the for inches. the inches, in diameter. The J is the—I'm assuming that's it's probably what they the call width. A J belt. It's—it's uh, it's probably the width. No, I think the twenty is the width because it's the the well twenty, 20
3: is 20's the groove but 20 because
2: if you go to a 20 they make a 24 oh, it's they do? wider yeah so like if they make I, I a wonder J24. I wonder
3: if the 20 is fractional because like uh like AN fittings like a 16 is 1 inch and a 20 is an inch and a quarter so it's fractional
2: it could be i spent way too much time researching this i it, it, there's nobody out there that just has like a list of belts that work with these right, things right right and uh, i got lucky on the first buy once you understand the numbering system, it, it makes sense, and you can just you buy whatever. So I bought a thirty because, uh, you know, when you think about it in terms of Thir- flexibility, thirty is
3: better than twenty eight.
2: Thirty is better than twenty eight, and then but I also bought a twenty six, <laughs> <laughs> Bevith, and uh, and so I I I bought uh, a yeah, so I bought a thirty and I bought a twenty six. And I and the 26 is believe it or not, even though it's four inches only uh, shorter, it just seems small. Like to cram all of those wheels onto That's a plate, what she and said. it 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 seems small. It just does. Goodness, too tight. It's very tight. So tensioner, we're working on that this week. Hopefully, if I can, or maybe next week, it'll probably be next week. But uh, um, I mean, other than that, I have the 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 rotary platen is is going to be done and uh and that'll be something that will add to the repertoire mm-hmm. of different options that you can go Amen. with with the revolution all, all we
3: got to come up with next is the uh, surface grinder attachment
2: now that's a big one and um i did see that broadbeck ironworks is releasing an early uh they have an uh, uh an early adopter uh, early release uh, discount so if you go to broadbeck ironworks uh, dot com. You can check out what they've got there. And by the way, um, I get a lot of questions about complete grinders or bolt together grinders or, uh, you know, a- any grinder that uh, that doesn't meet the requirement that the rev- like some somebody comes to me and says, I want the revolution, but I cannot, you know, I can't weld or I can't manufacture. I send them to broadbecks it- It's for the money. That is an amazing grinder. And, mm. you know, the. Uh, if you watch their development, they're doing it just like I'm doing it. They're just, I mean, they've been in the game a lot longer than I have. But what I'm saying is they're constantly improving it. And that's what I love about their kits. So, you know, if you're looking for an already assembled or assembled, they, you need to build the grinder. It comes, you know, flat packed. But it's a complete grinder. You, you know, for the money you, you spend on that, it's a complete grinder and you can get the whole thing. So go, go check them out. I really respect that crew over there. They're doing awesome stuff. So, uh, in fact, I even tell them about the knife talk. Uh, like i had customers email me and say, "I want to get this grinder, but I can't weld or whatever." I send them to Broadbex, and then I tell them about the knife talk. I think it's knife talk ten is the is the uh, promo code that you can use and get ten percent off. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it is a uh, it's a, it's a great grinder for the money. And uh, if you can't fabricate the Revolution, go buy yourself a Broadbex.
3: There
2: you so, go. Yeah. And uh yeah, 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 yeah. So. so
3: can I do a quick little shout out because I've been talking to this guy for a while and I I like him, he's a good guy, and I kind of feel for the position he's in because he has um he struggled to add new uh new subscribers and new uh customers and i think i think that he's got some nice stuff and he's trying to do all the right things and i would just like to give him a shout out so that people are aware and they can uh you know they can decide for themselves but you know i i think that there's enough room in this community that we can encourage and support and celebrate each other
2: is this a youtuber or a uh he's on Insta-
3: he's on instagram okay uh, yeah, go for it. It's uh, JK Blades. JK Blades. Do
2: All one JK word. Blades?
3: To look him up. Uh, he's, he's, uh, I've, I've talked to him on the phone. He's a real nice guy. He's, he's wanted to, uh, try to come on and be a guest. And I, I told him that, you know, right now, I think with everything that's going on and us trying this new format, that, uh, you know, it's, it's something to keep in mind. But, um, I wasn't going to make him any promises, but I try to be as supportive of everybody that reaches out to me as I can.
2: Is it uh, Jason Hartwell? Yes, it is. Is that his name? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I just hit the follow button on Instagram, JK Blades. Uh, currently has 380 followers. His uh, His work looks amazing. I really like his stuff. He's got T-shirts
3: he he does these fantastic so he gets these cigar boxes and he laser engraves uh like his his logo and stuff on them but he like each each knife you receive from him receives these they're not your normal packaging but they're they're nice they're these nice wooden cigar boxes and he does all these personal touches and he's he's just you know he he wants to be like the big boys he wants to do this full time and he's trying to grow it to the point where he could do that and yeah, i i yeah, like to amazing. encourage anybody who's out there chasing their dream
2: absolutely yeah absolutely uh, he uh jk blades on instagram all one word jason hartwell go out and check him out um, i'm 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 like getting sucked into his feed here it's it's pretty good stuff so am I. yeah it's great it's got a lot of great photos up here and i do love the cigar box thing that is really cool yeah go check them out um man i had somebody to promote on youtube and i can't remember who it is i i had it like written Do you know down what genre
3: he was in or they were in uh, i no, should i shouldn't know. i shouldn't assume somebody's gender
2: yeah yeah no um I cannot even think of it in my head right now. So I'm I'm out of it. But uh it's getting late anyway. But uh but yeah, no. I I've I've had a few kind of um interactions with people. Oh, you know who it was? It was a guy um he follows he just followed me on Instagram and he he won forged in fire. Oh. Um god, man, what's his name? Philip something. But he um He, uh, I'll have to look it up. It was like the, it was something like the underrated rock star or something like that. Sarah, do you remember? I was telling you about it last night. It
4: started with an M. Mundane.
2: The mundane.
4: Was it that?
2: Let me type it in. Mundane. Yeah, that's it. You got it. Philip Shree. The mundane rock star, all one word on Instagram. He has, uh, he's a Forge and Fire champion. And he's doing a really interesting concept where he's going around and he's meeting with makers. So if you go to his YouTube channel, which is a link in his Instagram, uh, he only has 135 followers on Instagram. And I believe he deserves more. Like his content is really good. It's it's really good stuff. So if you go there and you check it out, the mundane rock star, Philip Shree. I think I'm saying that right. Um, S-C-H-R-E-I and uh yeah good dude and uh youtube channel is really well put together uh, and he also needs subscribers on youtube i believe um let me let's look what he's got going on yeah he has 529 subscribers
3: uh so. somebody just made a, a typo with your name and i i really had to stop myself from laughing out loud but i think that's my new nickname for you from now on what's the typo uh brain your your new name is brain
2: Oh, yeah. People do that all the time. That is a very common uh, typo. I get that all the time. Brain. So. All right. Well, listen, guys. We are an hour and a half in, believe it or not. If you uh, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure you go out to your uh, favorite podcast platform and give us a five-star rating. Give us a ten-star rating if they've got it. And uh, make sure you write us a review because it really does help. We're trying to build our audience here. And the right kind of audience of course uh, and uh, you know make sure that you uh, go out to the makery.network network and check out all of the other shows that are out there and listen in to what they've got going on we hope that you are all alive happy and well we appreciate you following us at our new Instagram work for it podcast you can go there and Raz Trent about his his angry rants on this, this <laughs> show which I get a lot of positive and I get a lot of positive feedback about those, by the way, um, and and a lot of I get a lot of really nice messages from people who listen to us. Um, uh, one one particular gent uh, messaged me yesterday, and I just got to read this because um, real quick because the feedback we get and and not uh, you know not a lot of people know about this because these are all private messages and stuff. And uh, he says, uh, I remember. Let's see. what uh, thoughts for the week. I get a lot of windshield time, even though there are some good rants going, the whole thing feels very relaxed and just like a super chill conversation amongst friends. The crazy thing is I find myself self literally commenting back to you guys. Like (laughs) somehow my brain thinks I'm on a conference call or something. Uh, And that's from my good buddy, Jay Moss. And uh, he's down in Texas. Uh, He's another Illinois boy, I believe, and uh, moved to Texas uh, a while back, but uh, he is a has been a positive force uh, in my life through Instagram and social media. But um, but anyway, we get tons of positive feedback on the show, and so if you know somebody that could benefit from listening to us, uh, please share our content to them so that they'll you know join us up here and uh, help us build our audience. As always, we appreciate you. My name is Brian House, and this has been Work for It. Bye, folks.
4: See ya.
1: If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.